Stop what you're doing, grab your headphones. It's time for Moody Sports with Dan and Zach. Today on the show, we're going to be going through second-year NFL quarterbacks, see how they're going to do this year. We're also going to preview the Miami-Florida Week Zero college football game. And then also we'll hit you with the O-line and D-line's top three in the NFL in our perspective. We have finally made it. Start of college football is here, guys. Uh, we have got a week zero f- matchup between Miami and Florida and Orlando. Really excited about this. Definitely my favorite time of the year right now. Uh, so hopefully the game is going to be good. A lot of people probably thinking this game is going to turn out as a big blowout in uh, Florida's favor. Miami coming in with a new head coach, first year Manny Diaz, and also first year starter Jaron Jaron Williams. Uh, also going to be a first year under new offensive coordinator with Dan Eno. So a new offensive system coming in. Uh, the defensive system will be the same from last year. Manny Diaz promoted up to uh, head coach from defensive coordinator after Mark Rick left. So really excited to see how he's going to do and really excited to see if he's going to be given the reins to Dan Enos to run that offense himself and just make the play calls himself. Um, you see a lot nowadays where like with Kirby Smart, uh, Nick Saban, a lot of these people like to sort of have their fingers in uh, every little bit of it and try to be a part of all of it. They want to be making big calls in just about all the situations and sometimes it's backfire so I'm interested to see if uh, Manny Diaz is going to be willing to give up those play calling abilities uh, and let Danny Enos do what he probably is going to do best and, and make points with this team. Miami always known to have good athletes and known to have good running backs, obviously. Um, so uh, they definitely can score points. It's just can Jaron Williams get him going with them with uh, what he's got working for him. Uh, the players seem really excited about him, so I think that might be a positive for him. Um, and I am very interested interested to see if the defense or the the offense is a little different now that they have him as the starter. Not exactly sure and don't have a lot of tape on him. Where the the Nikosi Perry, Tate Martell, the two other quarterbacks he beat out for the battle, so a lot of people know what you're getting with them. Um, also very interested in uh, Tate Martell deciding to possibly make a move to wide receiver after not getting that starting quarterback job. Uh, so in- interested to see if he goes through with that and how that works out. Across the field, you're going to have Florida uh, lining up with Dan Mullen, second-year head coach there. Uh, last year, finished the season with a big win against Michigan uh, in the Peach Bowl, and that was uh, giving them their 10th double-digit win of the season, 10-win season there. 10-3 uh, last year, lost to uh, Georgia, and a couple other games probably shouldn't have lost, uh, one to Kentucky that they typically don't lose, and then one more that sort of... Uh, I do believe was possibly Missouri at home and got blown out by Drew Locke and the Tigers. Uh, Felipe Franks is going to be a second-year starting quarterback there. Uh, has returning a lot of receivers, returning a good running back, uh, strong defense there, obviously, just like Miami. So I sort of feel like this one could match up to be a really good game unless Felipe Franks has made that step that a lot of people are looking for him to make this year. Uh, last year probably wasn't the best quarterback in a lot of the pressure games, big situations, um, but it could show up in games when... Uh, 
when the when the pressure wasn't really on. So very interested to see him uh, see if he was able to make a step forward there. Um, that game again this coming Saturday will be late night game, eight o'clock. It'll be fun. I'm really excited and uh, obviously just thrilled that college football is back here with us. Um, now let's hear what Zach has to say about the game. All right, thanks Dan for that great introduction and setting me up for my preview of this game. I love it. ACC, SEC powerhouses, well, former powerhouses, week one, start the college football season. What better thing to do than week zero for us to declare that the U is back? I'm pulling for Miami, but there's some questions at multiple positions, not including the playing field. You got a new coach. We thought Mark Rick was the savior of the U, the alumni coming down and uh, fixing the program, but that lasted all of 25 minutes and a cup of coffee. And now we're on to new coach, we're on to new quarterback, we're on to transfers. A lot of material when it comes to Miami. I am excited because I'd want Miami to be good. I think the whole world wants Miami to be good. College football needs Miami to be better than they are. There's like five teams that need to be better. Texas, Miami, Southern Cal, Notre Dame, year to year, more consistent. I don't know. Throw somebody else in there, I'm forgetting. But Miami needs to be back. We're going to overreact to this game because who knows how either team's going to finish at the end of the year. But the whole Tate Marshall situation you're referring to, Dan, first off, if you can't win the quarterback competition outright – I hate to tell you, but you're probably not the guy to begin with. But I do enjoy the fact that Tate Marshall is willing to try another position to still prove himself. You see a lot of guys in this new age of upbringing and millennials, the whole instant gratification thing. Now, I want to play now. And like, if they don't get what they want, they're going to whine, pout, switch teams, sit out a year for eligibility. That's just the world we're in nowadays. But Tate Marshall, no. He's willing to switch positions. Maybe like a player for the other school that everybody knows, Tim Tebow, was unwilling to do at Florida. Well, not Florida, but once he hit the NFL, he was unwilling to change positions. And maybe he would still be in the NFL if he was willing to change positions. But Tate Marshall, try wide receiver. There's a Super Bowl winning MVP uh, wide receiver, Julian Edelman, who used to be a quarterback. Just because you didn't win the job doesn't mean you give up. And that's the problem with our players today. And maybe college football today is all these transfers. There's some schools that just feed off of it. And Clemson is getting to the point where we're losing a lot of transfers. And uh, it's just players that they're just, they're not willing to put in the work to get better. It used to be you didn't get the job, you practiced to win the job. Now you quit and go somewhere that they give you the job. So props to you, Tatemar, even though you're not the starting quarterback. But looking at the game itself, I like Miami. They're favored seven. I know I'm a little bit of an ACC guy, but you're in Orlando. Neutral site. It's not in the swamp. (laughs) Miami never has a home field advantage, so it's probably good it's a neutral site. And uh, I don't know. I'm just pulling for them. I'm pulling for the U. I'm pulling for the U to be back. And uh, really never been that big of a Gator guy, but maybe it's just the Urban Meyer effect. Everywhere he goes, I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan of Urban Meyer. But yeah, super excited. Week zero, break us off a little bit of college football, some pads knocking before I go to college game day. I'm going to be at the game, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Thursday. 
So super exciting times here. And I can't wait to go to the rest of the show. We're going to preview a little bit of a sophomore slump in the NFL, switching gears from college. And even look at the virtual world at Madden ratings for some of our favorite players going into 2020. So thanks, guys, for listening, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Nineteen sophomore quarterbacks. There's five of them. I'm going to list them off for you. We got Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, who's the fifth? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Oh, yeah. Jets. Not the Jets. The other team of New York. But we're going to preview the five quarterbacks' second year Who's poised to have a better year? Who's going to have that sophomore slump? And we are forced to rank them one through five, or best to worst, whatever. I'm going to do it. Dan's going to do it. We're going to compare. We'll probably agree, maybe disagree. We'll see what happens. So we'll start with me, I guess. We're going from bottom to top? Yeah, we'll start at bottom. We'll see who's going to – no, no. Let's see who's going to have the best year. The best year, okay. I think who's going to have the best year. So, out of the top five, just based off last year and surrounding cast, the best year. I like Josh Rosen to have a big jump because Arizona was pretty in a state of turmoil, didn't know what direction they were going. But Sam Darnold, that's what I'm really looking at here. You got Le'Veon Bell coming in. I don't – did they boost the offensive line? Hopefully they did. Their offensive line was kind of bad. Had 30 sacks last year on Sam Darnold. That's a lot. That kind of been just maybe just holding on to the ball too long. Maybe not having the athletes to separate to get open. But I really like Sam Darnold to have the biggest jump. And if that's what we're that's by success, he's gonna have the biggest increase in success, in my opinion. He threw 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He's always throwing a lot of interceptions. At USC, especially senior year, saw a lot of Oh, my gosh. We'll see if that gets any better. But I like his arm. I like him on the run. Seems like a great guy. Always answers the questions the right way, you know. I like with the new weapons. Le'Veon. Sam Darnold. Number one. Uh, I do do like Sam Darnold, to be honest. I do see him improving. I don't think there will be a sophomore slump for him. Ideal quarterback, big man, strong. That being said, I'm definitely going to take Baker Mayfield number one just because coming off a season where they were still predicted to just win barely anything, you get near you get nearly a 50 for 50 50 uh, 50 uh, you know 8 and 8 season there looking good um, I also think they have a strong cast coming in you got Nick Chubb to help the run and then in week 4 week 5 you bring in Kareem Hunt back in from his suspension Odell um, you got Odell and then Jarvis Landry is a strong number 2 never was a number 1 I don't think but ever they led the league in catches that's fine but don't hate him go fins <laughs> Did not produce all the time, so I think he's definitely more. Ryan Tannehill, you have the number one is the problem receiver too. And you look back, I mean, twenty-seven touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, three thousand seven hundred yards, sixty-three percent completion. That's sixty-four percent, um, or around that. Up, yeah. yeah, he's looking really strong, and I do think they're probably going to be very. I think they can make a run for the division. 
in that because they're not I don't think the division's very strong so I'd definitely take in Baker Mayfield for a very poised to make a great season here real quick before we move on I do like Baker Mayfield he's got nine passes of 40 plus yards he's got 52 of 20 plus yards the closest would be Sam Josh Allen Josh Allen with five Baker's got nearly double. That's long. We know he's got the deep ball accuracy. He's got the zip on the ball, too, for a little guy. I like it. Baker, but I'm going Sam Darnold just on increase of success. Baker's going to do well, but they're not going to be a 14-win team. Come on now. They're going to be a 10-win team. That's only three better ones. They may be a 9-win team. But it's a tough division. division. But it's a tough division. division. You got three good teams, and then you got Andy Dalton. So who are you? <laughs> and then Andy Dalton hanging Andy out. I heard a rumor Andy Dalton to the Cow- Cowboys. You get rid of Dak. You can't. You don't pay Dak. You bring in Andy Dalton. <laughs> uh, I would probably just pay Dak at that point. I would pay Dak too. <laughs> all right, number two. So, all right, here's Baker. I'll give Baker number two. I like it. He's feisty. He's kind of immature. He's kind of a douche. Oh, well. <laughs> Give it to Baker. And then we just talked a lot about Baker, so just let yeah. it slide. All right. Moving on. Very Who do you got for number two? Number two, I do think I'm actually going to take Josh Rosen. Ooh, go for Getting out of the, the, the dumpster fire of Arizona, whatever's going on. Into there. the new dumpster into fire. Into a new, slight better dumpster fire <laughs> that has a running back. A one a, a one, bunch of tanning oil. A lot of <laughs> a running back. Who's a running back? Can you drink? Can you drink? All right. Um, well, Miami always has running backs, it. but that never helps. I'm liking. I'm liking that. I'm looking forward to seeing him down there. Hopefully, they can figure something out. But I just, I think he's poised to make more increase just based off the fact that he is going to be playing in something that at least has an O line. All right. Cool. Josh Rosen. Totally agree. He was going to be next on my list. I was. Him and Baker were up for grabs. It's just like Miami's a revolving door of perpetual mediocrity. (laughs) (laughs) Mediocrity. I mean, I love them. Go Fins, man. Go Fins. I'm sorry, Matt. Deep rooted. I'm sorry. All right, number three. Can I have a Can I have a tie for three? No. Three A and three B. I'll take it. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Three and th- no, we're gonna just give it number three. I was gonna- I'm gonna give it to Lamar. Ooh. I know I just talked up Josh Rosen. I like Josh Rosen. I like the Fins. Maybe that's playing into the factor a little bit more than anything. Miami's got good receivers, but I'm still picking Lamar Jackson. He's Michael Vick like with his elusiveness, and he mm. he doesn't really shy away from tackles either. He goes shoulder first into it. We'll see how long <laughs> until that collarbone. <laughs> yeah, that shoulder is but he's young. And he's super elusive. He's super fast. We'll see how the passing increases this year. 1,000 yards passing last year, 1,200. He had better. six touchdowns, three interceptions. Not bad, but that's a limited exposure. We'll see how, we'll see it. 170 attempts. Baker had 500, just for reference. You know, like the rushing, he had 700 yards. That's great. But we don't. He's playing quarterback. He's not playing running back. All right. Uh, for me, number three, definitely taking. I'm thinking I'm gonna go uh, Sam Darnold. I th- I don't think he's gonna have a major jump. I still think he's gonna throw interceptions. That being said, you got Le- Le'Veon Bell in there, so you're at least gonna have somebody to help you out. 
And uh, you know he's getting paid as a running back and a receiver. And hope, yeah, exactly. And with the, with that passing, his numbers will be up with Le'Veon for sure. Um, so I think he's just going to be sort of hanging where he was last year, maybe slightly improved, improved maybe improving that completion percentage with the uh, checkdowns. All right, number four. So we're picking between. We're picking between Josh. We got two Joshes, and here's the thing: we're picking between the same division. We got the Bills and we got the Dolphins. <laughs> Tom Brady and Belichick are still there, <laughs> so that means one thing: there's a battle for second, but it's really a battle for last because all the three other teams just continually to see who can outdo each other to be terrible. But I'm gonna give fourth place to. I'm going to give it to Josh Rosen just because, come on, the Bills, they try so hard. They try, Jim Kelly tried so hard. I know he's battling cancer, shout out. I hope he's get well, you know. But uh, the Bills are just so bad. They're just so bad. And they're not as bad as – the Dolphins are just a little bit not as bad. And – that's my four and five right there. Four and five. So I think I'm actually going to go Josh Allen, number four, with Buffalo. They're not going to be better. The hate. The man. The hate. The man is not going to be better. He's probably not. They're, the team's not going to be better. But, you know, what is the your hurdle expectation? Was the hurdle was awesome. The, now, oh, yeah. for white now moving on to Lamar. Great kid. Hater. Awesome. Great. But listen... You, can, you already proved last year you can barely pass. And that being said, you are not going to run as easily on these teams this year. People told me. And you are not a big man, and that's a big man sport. Lamar, I am worried. People told me back in the day, Lamar could throw a football 100 yards. I and I was like, <laughs> that means nothing to me. <laughs> Lamar. All right, after the preview of the sophomore slumps to best, we're now going to switch gears a little bit and talk about the virtual world. The Madden 2020 ratings were recently released and a little bit of controversy. The players take this very seriously. Some players get offended and call in to the Madden executives in the ratings department and they just complain. They're like, yo. I'm faster than that. You check my 40 time. So, you know, it's a talking point for everybody. And then, uh, so we're going to look at our ranked quarterbacks worst to first and see how much love the Madden ratings department gave them. So I'm going to start it off with my first notable Eli Manning 72. But uh, let's keep going. I'm going to put Josh Allen was number five for me, 74. Let's check out. He had the hurdle. He's got 87 acceleration, some love. 87 he agility. He is fast. Basketball player, athletic family. Go to number five for you, Lamar Jackson. Slightly better. 76. You know why? Because he's he's got the wheels, people. 94 speed, 95 acceleration. Awesome. 95 agility. Man, his juke moves probably. He's going to be quick. Speed. Yeah. Yeah, but I bet the passings are in the 70s. Passings I'm not even going to check. You just know they're in the 70s. All right, number four. Who do you got? Number four for me uh, was Josh <laughs> Allen. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. We're going to hold off. Hold on off on Sam him. Darnold. We're going to go uh, Go ahead and go with the Josh Rosen. What's Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen. Oh, boy. this I may have to scroll down for Josh Rosen. Um, here we go. Oof. 
At least well, he made it. He's got to see people. He is a 70. Barely 70. squeezing past. That is... Looking like my chemistry you know, grade though, grades. That's, you know, though, that's based off last year. we got to project a new situation. A lot better this year, for sure. Arizona was just a dumpster fire, and they still are. We'll see. Kyler Murray, 73. Slightly better as a rookie coming in. Got the speed. Not Bold Lamar writing. speed. Not 04 Vic speed either. Never. Nobody has it. Pretty sure I was a 99. You know Devin Hester had 100 speed one year? Only times ever happened. Uh, so, next, no. Baker? Baker, number three. No, Baker's number two. So, we got Baker number two for me. We got Baker number one, one for, for Dan. Me. Let's find Baker. Baker's an 83. Highest rated of all the rookie, rookie. quarterbacks. And Going you can tell why. He had year. the most attempts. He had close to 500. He's Same got records. They're kind of inflating his rushing stats here. He's got like 82 speed, 86 acceleration, 84 agility. Like, I come do on, feel, I do feel he's like elusive he's not, in the pocket. But he that that mean, he's not quick enough. You ain't downfield breaking ankles. No. Come on now. He's got, they got him better rated than Deshaun. Like, come on now. No love for Deshaun Watson at 82. Just because your offensive line and your head coach are clueless and underperforming. Don't hate on Sean. Delivered the title to the Tigers. Baker also slightly inflated. Didn't play all 16 games last year. Did not start yeah, all so we're, 16 we're, games. We're going off what we got. Here's a talking point. 81, Dak Prescott. You paying 30 mil? Cowboys, Jerry, you got that nice stadium. You're going to give it an 81 overall? $30 million? I mean, he probably will. Because it is. Hey, Jerry Jimmy G's a 78, and he makes more than that, I'm pretty sure. All right. So, final one, looking at Sam Darnold. All right, Sam Darnold. Here's my beef. Sam Darnold's not that bad. Sam Darnold's got an arm on him. And they got him down here at 74, tied with Josh Allen, tied with the savior of the Broncos, Joe Flacco. <laughs> tied with Brian Tannehill. Oh, boy. Both oh. injured players last year. Like, I'm scratching my head right here. On this. That because is very Sam, strange. Sam Darnold's got Le'Veon Bell. Maybe I'm just looking at potential going into next year. But they got Andy Dalton in at 80. And you got Sam Darnold as... Very questionable. That yeah. being said, it is. It probably is just sort of based off last year. and I'm speechless. Not great. He they wasn't great. Matthew Stafford's a 79. And Andy Darnold's an 80. That's the world I'm living in. That's the world I'm living in. Andy Dalton... And that's why I'm not buying Madden 2020. <laughs> I'm not buying 2K 2020 either. I'm going out on a limb. Been buying, I've been playing NBA Live 19. That's all right. So, with that being said, are we going to uh, let's run through real fast? You're not going Madden, no 2K. Are you going FIFA 20? Note that Dan was too lazy to write all of FIFA. Left the A off. You got to abbreviate. You got to abbreviate by <laughs> one letter. You know, I didn't buy FIFA 19. Loved FIFA 18. I love FIFA traditionally. I think it's getting a bad rap. I think FIFA is the best sports game purely for the lack of interruptions. Like, 2K has gone overboard with the timeouts and the dancers that are the same routine every time and Fair. the same commentary over and over. I play a lot of 2K, so maybe I'm overexposed. But, like, if the ball goes out of bounds, it's like a good 25 seconds of my life to inbound the ball. And For I have sure. to, like, button mash the whole time. Yep. FIFA is 10 minutes of if I look away, it's I'm over. Done. I've ruined the whole match. And oh. Madden I love, but it doesn't play as well as <laughs> NCAA 14. That is my problem. And bring back NCAA. We all know.
we officially begin the second to last week of our top three position battle. And here we go. Close to home. Been there. The hog mollies. The big boys. The tractors. They get it done in the trenches. The offensive and defensive linemen. And because most of you probably couldn't name the starting center for five of the team, two of the teams in the NFL, we're going to do offensive and defensive line units rather than individual players because there's different positions. An interior lineman doesn't have the same responsibility as an end, and a guard doesn't do the same thing as a tackle. So we're going to bunch the whole group up together, and we're going to compare units. But to get started, Dan is going to give us his top three offensive and defensive units. So I'm going to pass it off to Dan. Here you go. Take it away. So for my top three O-lines in the NFL, uh, last year I really liked New England. They came in with 2,000 rushing yards, 21 rushing touchdowns. Uh, That looked really good. Right behind them was the New Orleans Saints. They looked really good. Alvin Kamara had a great year uh, like them. They had twenty, about 2,000 yards also, but 20 touchdowns, so that looked just the same. But obviously we know New England was able to take home the Lombardi Trophy, so that's why I gave them the nod for number one. Uh, The last one I chose was the Colts. They weren't really great in the rushing yards, about 300 less than Saints and New England with 1,700, but they were one of the top touchdown scoring rushing teams as far as offensive line play, and so they were sitting at 18. I'm really impressed by that, and I think this year coming in, they'll have a better running game probably. Uh, Hopefully, Andrew Luck can get healthy before the season really starts up and gets into serious action. Uh, On my top three defensive lines in the game last year, really liked what the Bears were able to do with uh, a lot of the linebacking but not just the linebacking core they were able to get 50 sacks and were able to also limit rushing touchdowns to only five which was the least in the league really impressive there Um, and I think they're just going to keep building off what they did last year Right behind them, Minnesota also had 50 sacks, but uh, I really didn't, I wasn't too high on them as far as their rushing defense because they did give up 13 rushing touchdowns. Still had a really good year, still a strong defense, but I do believe they'll have to get the rushing game stopped before they are able to start moving on farther in the playoffs. Uh, The last team I really enjoyed watching uh, defensive line-wise was the Texans. Obviously, you got Jadavion Clowney down there, J.J. Watt on the opposite side. They played really well, uh, 43 sacks, only eight rushing touchdowns allowed. So that's really what I thought was more impressive was the fact they were able to hold people off uh, in the rushing game. So uh, with that being said, we'll toss it over to Zach for his three NFL O-line, top three NFL O-lines and D-lines. All right, it's hard to argue. I'm going to start on the uh, defensive line because I agree with your number one. The Dub Bears, Khalil Mack, one-man wrecking crew, started last season with four straight games with a strip sack, just rubbing it all over Gruden and Al Davis. Number two, I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn. I kind of like the Vikings. You know, they a little underappreciated. They had the fourth least yards, the ninth best in points in the NFL. They had uh, they tied Chicago, actually, with 50 sacks. That was the league's third best. Uh, 
So I like the Vikings. I've always liked Mike Zimmer's defense. It's been the what's keeping a minute besides like the Minnesota miracle and stuff that eliminated the Saints. But uh, let's see if Kirk Cousins can help out that defensive line, that defensive unit. You got Harrison Smith back in the uh, secondary too. So you got good players all around on the defense for the Vikings. Number three. I like Tennessee, but I can't give them the nod. I like their secondary better, but I'm going to give it to the Chargers. You got Joey Bosa. What a monster. They were eighth in points, ninth in yards allowed. Not as many sacks as a unit, but Joey Bosa only suited up for seven of the games. So if you have a healthy Joey Bosa, who is an unstoppable force, you should get up there around the top of the league in sacks. Along with him, you got Melvin Ingram on the other side. The only problem with this pick, breaking news, Derwin James is hurt. So that was one of your top players, Dan. That was another one of your top three position battle players, and now he's out. So that's more pressure on your secondary and linebackers, and now the defensive line has to step up too. So my top three, a little bit different than yours. Switching over to the offensive side of the ball, you got some obvious ones. I'm going to start with Jerry Jones's beautiful monster on the Cowboys. He's got five great linemen that have grown up together a little bit, and he's had to start to pay them, which is a problem, because now he can't afford to pay his skill position players. But do you, we all really agree that Ezekiel Elliott would have been this big of a monster if he played for the Lions or if he played for the Cardinals? So... Let's uh let's give some credit where credit is due to that Dallas offensive line. Moving on second, you got to agree the Patriots. You got an old man up there who can't move at all. Even though he's getting faster, getting stronger, Tom Brady needs time in the pocket. He has a quick release, which is why he doesn't take a lot of those sacks, and he helps out his own offensive line. Great offensive line coach up there in New England. So New England number two. Number three, another old man in the backfield. Got to protect him, Drew Brees. Just like Brady, they share the attribute of being able to get the ball away quickly because they've been in the league for two decades now. They can read defenses quickly. There's nothing they haven't seen out there. So these quarterbacks are helping out their offensive line, helping out their offensive line numbers by getting the ball out quickly. Because a lot of sacks on these younger guys are coverage sacks. They're just holding on to the ball too long. Like, there was a clip for one of my... Favorite favorite collegiate players, Christian Wilkins, got his first sack in the preseason, and my buddy was showing me, and I'm just like, that's not impressive. The quarterback held onto the ball for 10 seconds. <laughs> He's bound to get sacked. So there's a difference between coverage sacks and just pure pressure from the lineman. And on that note, thanks for listening to Episode 5 of Moody Sports this has been a pleasure for y'all, and if you're returning and tuning in, remember to give us a follow, give us a like, subscribe, go on Twitter, shout us out, comment. That's Twitter, Moody underscore sports, Moody underscore sports, and then on Spotify, it's Moody Sports with Dan and Zach. Once again, that's Spotify, Moody Sports with Dan and Zach, Twitter, Moody underscore sports. Follow, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your grandma, show your neighbors, listen to it with your dog. It's great, easy listening. Thanks again, guys, for staying with us, and um, thanks for the continued support. We're getting a lot of outreach from friends here, and it really helps us to keep going and pushing through. So, anyways, signing off. Moody Sports, Dan and Zach.